We do not claim any rights to any audio clips taken from other media used in our podcast. These belong to the studios and creators that made the characters and stories portrayed in the clip, and we have only used these clips for entertainment and reference purposes. I said, everybody, all aboard the struggle bus. Oof, I feel that. Hey there, everyone. This is Rebecca. I'm the mom. And I'm her daughter, Hannibal. Okay, so we are trying to get an episode out to you guys more timely than we have been. Life has been a little bit chaotic lately. We mentioned last time that we both had changed our jobs. Yes. I don't remember if you had mentioned the new job yet or not. I don't think I had because the new job is fairly... I mean, very new. <laughs> yeah, like your first official day is this coming week. Yeah, so just working at a local restaurant, a lot more chill than my last job. So good for your mental health. Oh, so good. I can just bust tables and not think about anything for a while. It's so nice. <laughs> I'm still deciding what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I, I'm at an age now where I don't want to just go get a job that is temporary and I'll be gone shortly. Right. That was hard doing that this last time. Getting a job that I thought was going to be my forever job and it was not. Yeah, that's that's a little bit harder. I mean, I'm I obviously... I'm 45, Hannah. I'm going to be 45 in April. I know. What? Who told you that you could do that? Okay. Side note. Am I the only person who sometimes some people just like don't age past a certain number? Like in your head, you have to think about it and you have to go, what age are they? You're not the only one. Yeah. In what age brain, do you think of me as? 32. I don't know why. Really? I don't know why, but that's the age that my brain stopped keeping track of how old you are. How old were you when I turned 32? So I'm 44 right now. And I'm 22. So 12 years ago. So you were 10. Basically when we moved to Montana. <laughs> I- <laughs> My brain just went, all right, don't got to keep track of that stuff anymore. Mom is never getting older again. Same as like, dad is 34. Still in my brain. That was when we moved to Montana. Yep. (laughs) Anywho, so (laughs) I'm at an age where I... (laughs) Bring it together, Annabelle. Sorry. (laughs) I want a job that is not going to strain my mental health understandable not going to cause allergy attacks that i have to be taking so much allergy medication that it is damaging myself yeah that's also probably a good thing because that was getting bad people who are allergic to cats probably shouldn't work in vet clinics we've realized that now thank you very kindly (laughs) but but i want something also i get to work with people that'd be fun Mm -hmm. but i don't know what i want to do because whatever job i have next Ideally, my dream situation is I get a job. It's a comfortable, fun, mentally healthy job (laughs) until I get old enough to retire. When dad and I retire, and then I want to be that person that's like, hey, who's that lady that works over that thing? Oh, Rebecca, she's been here forever. Right. I want to be that person. Yeah, that's kind of my goal with my job that I'm just starting now. Because I know that the type of job that I'm working, you usually have a high turnover. You usually don't have people that stay longer than like six months to a year. I plan on being the person that's like, I've literally been here for years. Okay, so story time. Yes. About a week ago, I took Hannibal out to breakfast. 
And we haven't been out to breakfast in a very long time. We used to go like often, like we would go pre-COVID on pre-COVID days. Pre-COVID days, we would go on like just about every Saturday and just go out to breakfast and then go shopping. It was a mom and daughter thing is what we did. It yeah. was it was our bonding time. We would catch up. We kind of started that when you were in college yeah. and in the adult world. And it was like I was trying to find ways to still hear about your day. Yeah. Because you had moved out and you were doing your own adult thing. And right. I missed you. And we were... We... I'm, not, I'm not tearing up. Give me a sec. I got to gather, my, gather myself. You're fine. <laughs> so anyhow, so I took Hannah out to IHOP. We haven't been to IHOP in like two years because of COVID. Right. We go in and we're sitting there like, oh, remember we used to come all the time? That one waitress we always had. Oh my gosh. And so we had this other waitress helping us and we looked across and we're both like, (gasps) she's here. She's still here. Just the same, same gal who's been literally at this IHOP for like five years. She's amazing. I love her. She's like the nicest way. Trish. I think it's Trish. Trish or Trisha? I think it's just Trish. Trish. Anyhow. Anyhow. If anybody in Montana hears this and knows a Trish who works at an IHOP, tell her we love her. She's amazing. She's fantastic. Because she's the best waitress ever. I wish we'd had her a week ago. Right. Like, she's just one of those waitresses that's just, like, super personable and, like, immediately starts cracking jokes as if you're her favorite customer. Like, she's just one of those kind of people. You're going to be that person at your restaurant. That's what I aim That's to your be. goal. That's nice. my goal. I want, like, the regulars to start recognizing me. <laughs> if y'all have not checked out our TikTok yet... <laughs> We've been having fun. We've been having a lot of fun with this, guys. And I started one for my own personal stuff. Okay, our, our Back to the Peach Pit TikTok, we are keeping clean. Yes. But Hannibal's personal TikTok that she's doing, not I have so much. A, I have a bit of a potty mouth, okay, guys? And she's got a weird sense of humor. If you would like to see that one, one of these times on our TikTok, I will tag her in one. So, so follow our Back to the Peach Pit TikTok. Yes. If you were on TikTok. And... Some of them are 90210 related. Some of them are just weird, silly stuff. Some of them are a little more vulnerable and yes. just getting to know us. At this point, most of them are not 90210 related. Yeah, no. But we have a few that we I have a couple ideas in mind, guys. So we are today going to be talking about episode 25. After this, there's only three more episodes left this season. And as I've been telling Hannah, the drama is ramping up. And in my mind, I couldn't remember where the stuff from season two ends and the summer season of season three begins. It literally picks up like the next day, practically, or the next week. The same as like season one to season yeah, two. Yeah, it's even less of a break. It's more like just flows right into the next one. Oh, wow. So some of the drama I was thinking about is the start of season three. Ooh. But the drama is beginning at the end of season two. Yes, this one is quite a drama-filled episode. It really is. Should we get started on it? I really think so. Okay. I think we've rambled long enough. I agree. All right, so season two, episode 25, our writers for this one. We had listed Jonathan Lemkin. I did not research and see anything more about him because then I saw two more names right after it that made me super happy. Ooh. Charles and Karen Rosen. Ooh, it's the Rosen couple. Yes, the power duo. I love it when they write episodes together. Honestly, having seen this episode and now knowing that they wrote it, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. They're they're writing, especially when they write together, just mm, chef's kiss. Perfect. Fabulous. Love it. Yes. 
All right, Hannibal, can I hear the Back to the Peach Pit description, please? Yes. Brenda goes through an extremely traumatic experience and handles the aftermath of the event with the help of the friends and family around her. Love it. That was as summary as I could do without it being too spoilery. Yeah. All right, so let's discuss it. Meeting Mr. Pony. So the show opens up at the Walsh home. We see Brenda and Dylan studying for midterms. And, of course, Dylan is wanting to kiss constantly and get all handsy. And Brenda's just like, oh, no, we can't right now. We have to focus. And, yeah, she realizes she's not going to get any studying done. So (laughs) I put in my notes because he keeps, quote, unquote, distracting her. Yes. Dylan is very distracting. Granted, Luke Perry would be very distracting. I mean, it's Luke Perry. Yeah. Duh. So they say they're going to go to a public place, and he gets all like, not the library. (laughs) Like, because he's worried that now they're about to go and sit in, like, silence. Because public place means that he can't kiss on Brenda, Mm -hmm. but the library means he can't even, like, talk to Brenda. Because it's so quiet. And keep in mind, Dylan is not studying this whole time. He's just kind of like, eh, I'll wing it. He's that kind of person. See, I always tried to do that, but it never worked (laughs) out. So I envy those people Yeah, that can just like not study for a big test and then just do well on it. So they talk about before they leave the house, Brenda's like, you know, what do you want me to be? The kind of person like Brandon who just crams at the last minute or like you who just wings it. And because he's giving her a hard time that she studies too much. So Brenda, studying too much is a good thing. Keep going. So guess where they all go? The Peach Pit. Yup. They walk in and the gang is all there and they're all studying. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Tertiary, Cretaceous, Jurassic, Devoni. No, Tertiary, Jurassic, Cretaceous, Triassic. It, it kind of rhymes. Right. What about they teach us something useful? I mean, when am I going to ever need to know when the Moors were driven from Spain? How about Friday, 10 a.m.? I hate midterms. I love them. Midterms, finals, term papers. When the library closes, all the kids from Beverly and West Beverly come straight here. <laughs> oh, you're leaving so soon? No, I uh, have another 45 minutes until I can go home. I just need change for the jukebox. See why all the kids come here? Because you need good food and good music to free your mind up for studying. Who said anything about studying? I'm just waiting for Mel, Jackie, and their wedding coordinator to finish choosing their color scheme. <laughs> come on! All in the wrist, pal. Oh, I owe you one. Does that mean I'm not to stay for recycling? Uh, no, um, they're gonna be here first thing in the morning, but uh, nice try. Tertiary, Cretaceous, Jurassic, Triassic. That's it. Hey, guys, look out. Wait a sec, friend. Okay, A equals B, C equals D. So AC over BD equals one. <sighs> wow, now I know why you're doing so well in this class. Yeah, well, I guess it gets easier the second time around. Yeah, friend, I can see we're definitely going to get a lot of studying done here. Well, whatever it is, it'll be an improvement. Now, I have to go ask Andre a question, so why don't you take a seat, order me a Coke, and I'll be right there. Yes, ma'am. And I love you. (laughs) Cretaceous, Jurassic, Triassic. 
So I know that was a really long clip, but there was a lot going on there that I felt was important to hear. Yeah, hearing all of them studying various different subjects and mm -hmm. concerned because it's uh, midterms. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I especially love Brandon not a single time getting the order of the different periods right. Nope. Not a single time. Not once. He, and he changes it every time. It was pretty funny. It's really funny. And so Brendan and Dylan pull up, and obviously when the whole gang's there, no one's really going to be getting much work done. <laughs> yeah, according to Dylan, because I can imagine Dylan and Steve start messing around right away. And just oh, start yeah. Off. And then, of course, they drag David into it. And then, of course, David's going to end up dragging Donna into it. And then it'll just slowly crumble until eventually Kelly leaves. I also thought it was really cute, speaking of Kelly, mm -hmm. that they brought up the fact that Mel and Jackie are planning their wedding. And right. We haven't really seen Mel and Jackie on screen for a little while, so mm -hmm. I kind of like that they keep having Kelly, like, casually sprinkle in these mentionings of what's going yeah. on with them. Like, I think a couple episodes ago, she mentioned something about her mother, like, going crazy about being pregnant and something like that. And then, like... Now they're mentioning the wedding, and so it's kind of like they're just keeping these things sprinkled in there to kind of keep us updated on what's going on with Jackie and Mel. Yeah, it makes the story feel more real. I don't remember if we talked about this while recording last time, or if we talked about this after we watched this episode. Don't know. So if I've already said this before, guys, sorry, not sorry. Oops. But one of the things that keeps the show so real is the fact that each episode, yes, it's kind of standalone-ish. If you hadn't watched the last five episodes, you could watch this one and still be able to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But yet, they sprinkle in little things like this that make you go like, oh, I understood that reference. Right. And I, it was after we'd watched this episode. It was, we, wasn't it? Because there's a, a couple things that happened later mm -hmm. in this episode that we, I mentioned and I pointed out that they're referencing... In such a casual way, things that happened early season one or earlier on in season two, mm -hmm. just as if like, same as when you're hanging out with your friends and you're like, remember that one time that we went to that restaurant and a weird thing happened? And you sometimes know? you don't even have to say all that. You just remember like, oh yeah, I hop, ha ha, and you just move on. Right. That's and everyone else is just like, okay, whatever, some inside joke. But if you were part of the inside joke, you're just like, oh, I get it. This show has like all those inside moments that they still pull from. Exactly. And it kind of makes the characters feel more realistic and even mm -hmm. more like you're a part of the inside joke. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. So after that scene, the Peach Pit closes and Steve and Andrea are the last ones to leave the building besides Brenda, Dylan, and Brandon. So Dylan's asking Brenda, you know, hey, does this mean we get to leave now too? She's like, no, I have another 15 minutes left. And that's when Brandon's like, oh, good, Dylan, you have time to help me with the recycling then. And so the boys go out back to go and take care of the recycling. Yeah, it's just, you know, something that's happening, it feels like. But while they're sitting there waiting, Andrea comes back in because Steve forgot his cliff notes. So Brenda's there in the peach pit on one of the tables by herself. And you hear there's a lot of sounds in this one that are very... Yeah, it's more pointedly shown than other times. Yeah, it's very cinematic with the audio in yes. this episode, where sometimes you're not really seeing what's happening, but you're hearing it. Mm -hmm. That bell every time the peach pit door opens. Yep. And I thought about it, I'm like, has that bell always been it there? It always has. But I've never really noticed it until this episode. Yeah, because there was no reason to notice it. 
but now there is. So she hears that bell. It's Andre. It's Andrea. She looks up and Andrea's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Steve forgot his cliff notes, blah, blah, blah. And she leaves. We see Brandon and Dylan out back. They're goofing around with the recycling. They're kind of juggling with some of the bottles and... Being silly because that's what they do. Because they're boys. And then we go back inside. We visually see the back inside again. And the doorbell chimes again. And that's where last week's teaser clip happened. Yes. I think we need to re-listen to that because it was kind of a big deal. Because it has so much to do with everything else that happens the rest of the episode. Yeah. So what did you forget this time? Andrea. You do what I tell you and you won't get hurt. Do you understand? Do you understand? Put the gun down, okay? Sarah, do you understand me, do you? Yes. Is there anyone else here? Um, Answer me! Yes. Where? Oh, back. You scream. You die. Go up and register. something that they even give reference to that happened earlier this episode was that register not opening Mm -hmm. in that last clip before this when we heard nat messing with the register and he couldn't get it and then brandon comes and opens it for him Mm -hmm. and it's all on the wrist buddy brenda who doesn't work there is now expected to open this register that is cranky and she's being held at gunpoint which is stressful (laughs) obviously yeah and All I could think when I was watching this scene for the first time, because like I'd already heard it. And so I kind of was like started the episode waiting for the thing to happen. Yeah. And I was so scared for poor Brenda because she is also probably at this point thinking the boys are just out back. Yeah. This guy has a gun. If they come in and surprise him. Yeah, and she is not only scared for her own life, but for Brandon and Dylan as well. Yeah, her twin brother and her boyfriend. 
this is a very scary, scary situation for yes. Brenda. And it is understandable for her to be shaken after yes, this. Yes, for sure. For sure. So then Dylan and Brandon, they come back in and they see broken glass everywhere. And they're instantly just like, oh no. Something happened. And they see Brenda hunkered down where rocking. she was down on the ground rocking, counting. And they rush over to comfort her. And it is the cutest, sweetest, is, like most loving uh, thing. Like they're uh, both immediately just like, oh my gosh, what happened to Brenda? And you could tell they were happy that she was okay. Mm -hmm. But they were so worried for her. And it was just, you could see the love between those characters. Yeah, that, that trio especially. Yeah. The twins and Dylan are kind of the heart of the show, I feel like. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So then the scene kind of morphs into the detectives are there. They're taking a report and the lights are on. Nat is there and the police are you know, going around taking pictures and taking a report of everything. Absolutely. Nat is the sweetest, most loving uncle figure around. No one was hurt. And that's the important thing. It's only money. I'm sorry, Nat. Why? Were you in on it? Did he steal my recipes? <laughs> Come on, it's okay. It's okay. Hmm. Oh, heart melting. I mean, he comforts her. He makes a little jokey joke. Did they steal my recipes? And then he reaches over and like, it's okay. And he hugs her and gives her a kiss on the cheek. You can hear that right at the end. I'm like, uh, oh, Nat, you are the sweetest person. Nat 100% plays favorites, and the Walsh twins are his favorite. Yeah. 100%. And Dylan. And Dylan. So out of any of the kids, these were the best three kids to be stuck at the beach pit, honestly. Mm -hmm. And Brenda's kind of trying to brush it off. She is. A lot of people do that in a traumatic situation. They try to act like nothing happened. It's no big deal. Ha ha. Laugh it off. Move on. Because they kind of figure, I can deal with this later. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's almost that embarrassment, that shame. Yes. Like, they feel like they did something wrong. She did not do anything wrong. No. And everyone's making her feel like you did nothing wrong. You did everything right. You're so... They're praising her. And she's just like... Mm. But it was still scary. It is. So everyone is being, like, super supportive of Brenda. And that's when Jim and Cindy show up. This clip begins at the Peach Pit when Jim and Cindy first arrive. This is the first moment we see after the gunman leaves that Brenda, you can hear her breaking down a little bit inside. Mm -hmm. And then the clip ends in the Walsh home. Dad. Officer, you don't need us anymore tonight, do you? No, I'll go home. Thanks. Come on, honey. It's all over now. Maybe not. Bren, where's your purse? Honey, I told you. We'll change all the locks first thing in the morning. Well, I think we should put in a new alarm system, too. Yeah, hopefully one that works this time. Hey, you guys don't worry about it. He is not coming. Yeah, but if he wanted to, we could. I mean, he's got Brenda's keys. He's got her license with the address on it. No, he man, the whole no, thing. No, look, he took the cash, dumped the purse, never even looked at the ID. You know, Dylan's right. If he'd wanted to harm you, he would have done it when he had the chance. Jim! Honey, Listen, Brenda, we promise you one thing. We'll never leave you alone again. Absolutely. You guys, come on. I mean, it was just a fluke thing. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
pretty good attitude. You know, baby, you're handling this whole thing like a trooper. We're very proud of you. Mm. But we're not surprised. Do you remember Mr. Pony? Where is he, anyway? You know, you never unpacked that box. He's probably still in the garage. Well, wait, wait, wait. Mr. Pony? Well, when Brenda was little, she used to ride every weekend. And she adored it. Until the horse got stung by a bee and ran off at top speed. Did she stay on? No, I, um, I fell off hard in the grass. Oh, thank God nothing was broken. Except for her spirit. Yeah, and I said I'd never ride again. No, she didn't even want to look at another horse. So Dad went out and bought her a little stuffed Mr. Pony. <laughs> Gave her one of his famous Walsh pep talks, and lo and behold... Very next weekend, she got back on the horse. You got it. Listen, it was a very telling thing. Showed what kind of character she had. You guys, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, my bruises healed, and I remembered how much I loved to ride. Well, this is a very similar situation, and we're all here to help you with it. Well, I'm only worried about one thing. What's that? Well, since my license was stolen, does that mean that I have to take my driving test all over again? <laughs> oh, Brenda. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so that's, that clip had one of those scenes we were talking about that had a little bit of a flashback reminder of a previous episode. Yes, because Cindy is like panicking at the fact that this stranger now has, technically has keys to their house. Which I don't blame her. That would be freaking me out too. Absolutely. But Dylan did make a very good point that he probably just dumped the purse. So that's not really a concern, honestly. Probably, but you never know. But you never know. And so then it's like, well, we'll get a new alarm system. One that works this time, hopefully. And referencing that <laughs> awful <laughs> alarm system. That was horrible, that episode. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. They kept constantly having to turn that thing off and couldn't get it to turn off. And the neighborhood oh, watch... But, like, oh just right there, they made that very, like, two-second reference yeah. to a past episode. That if you hadn't watched the episode, you'd just be like, oh, okay, so they had an alarm system before it didn't work. Moving on. Right. You would totally, you would know what they're talking about. Because it's... You wouldn't feel like you're being left out of the inside joke. Right. But it would just be like a line in the show. No big deal. Exactly. And it makes the characters seem so much more realistic mm -hmm. because that's the kind of thing that normal people do. They just casually mention a thing that's happened before. Yeah. So, writers of 90210, well done. Great job. Very guys. impressive. Oh, Charles and Karen. You guys are awesome. You guys. So then Brenda goes to bed and Cindy finds and brings to her her Mr. Pony. Mm. And it's really cute. And it's this little stuffed pony. I think it's missing an eye. Yeah, he's a little gray horse missing an eyeball. And Cindy even comments on it like he's missing an eye. He's a very well-loved little stuffy. Yes, and I have much love for my stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand that sometimes, even as a grown-up, when something scary happens, sometimes you need a stuffy. Yeah, I still sleep with Eli. I still sleep with my dolly. Eli is a stuffed elephant that I was given for my birthday when I was in second grade. Dolly was gifted to me when I was like an infant? Yeah. Yeah, and I've literally slept with it pretty much every single night of my entire life. Same with me and Eli. Yeah. Since I got that thing. And he's not a young elephant anymore. No. And I remember when I first married your dad, and he was like, the elephant's gonna go, right? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> no. The elephant has been here way longer than you, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you're gonna have to deal with Eli. And so I love that, like, it, they show that 
Cindy brings Brenda this little stuffed animal. It's and, really sweet. And it seems to genuinely help Brenda. It does. So we see Brenda in her bed. Lights are off. And she can't seem to fall asleep. Her nerves are on edge. She gets up to go to the bathroom. While she's standing there looking in the mirror, she hears a gun cocking. And it's like that rifle sound. And she suddenly jolts awake. And you realize, oh... She was dreaming about not being able to sleep. Yeah, that's... Those are the terrifying deep dreams that are just killer. Those are the worst. The ones that immediately it's not clear that this is a dream. Yeah. It feels We've all like had those. Yeah, it feels like it's something mundane. And then suddenly the scary happens in your normal. Yep. It's terrifying. So the next morning, Jim and Cindy are talking in the kitchen I loved this clip because it's, again, so real. And that's one thing, again, I think it's Charles and Karen's writing yeah. that does this. But it just feels like the kind of conversation that any two parents would have standing in the kitchen in the morning when the kids aren't around. Yeah. Morning, dear. Well, where's Brandon? Brandon said he's skipping breakfast. He and his textbooks are spending some quality cram time together. How's Brenda? I didn't see her. She was in the shower. Oh. Did you take one last night? Oh, never mind. I would too, I suppose. What's this? Women's crisis hotline? Oh, the police inspector gave that to Brenda last night. I know she said she wasn't interested. But Until she says otherwise, let's not push him. He said they were very helpful in dealing with this kind of emotional trauma. Listen, you start using words like crisis and trauma to a suggestible kid like Brenda, she'll imagine herself crazy. Maybe you're right. Listen, she's got a lot of people around her who love and support her. She's going to come through this just fine. Maybe I should call the women's crisis hotline. Hey, we were all very lucky last night. She'll be okay. So this clip really sets up a lot of the episode. Yeah, because like it starts off and it's very clear that Brenda seems mostly fine. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of look at things like she's taking another shower. She took one last night and she's taking a shower this morning. Which I will say when your brain is not in the right space, increased showers is actually a very normal thing. When your brain kind of starts yeah. spiraling, you just feel like I just need to constantly. You're either going to take a million showers or zero. Yeah. And at this point, Brenda's kind of at that, like, I need to just get all of this yucky off me. There's also that when something that kind of traumatic happens to you, mm -hmm. you almost have this psychological feeling like a shower might wash the problem away. The, the yeah. scary, the thing that happened to me, you feel like you can still feel everything that you felt physically. Yeah. The, the coldness of the floor, the glass breaking all around you. You can still feel it and the shower might wash it away. And so that's kind of where Brenda's at right now. But the yeah. but Jim and Cindy don't really seem too worried. Cindy seems a little bit more concerned at first. And she has that brochure that the police yes. gave them. But Jim she, is just very much like... No, she's okay. She's okay. She has us. And, you know, you, you mentioned crisis and trauma to a susceptible kid like Brenda... And she's she, going to think herself into those problems. She's going to imagine herself crazy. Okay, Jim, this is the point where you have, you need to stop and realize that you're wrong. Right. That she is having a problem and 
you making it sound like it's no big deal. We can work you through this. We're a family. We can love you through this. Is such an old mindset that even in 1992 or whatever year this came out, Mm -hmm. dude. It feels outdated. Yes. But at the same time, there are still many people who feel this way after somebody goes through something traumatic. Drives me crazy. If it's not war or directly being hurt by somebody, then people think, oh, that's not... You're fine. You're fine. That's not trauma enough. You shouldn't be freaking out over that. That's nothing. So not true. Trauma can hit. So not true. It can hit you in so many different ways and so many different people. Yep. So this scene changes over and we're at school and all the gang is showing Brenda so much sympathy. She's trying to make light of it all and pretending that everything's okay kind of making jokes out of it yeah like she sneaks up on dylan dylan's standing in his locker and she holds her fingers up like they're finger guns or she like jabs him in the side like a yeah tickle. but as of their guns what it's not even loaded it's not even loaded and she's t- trying to make light of it trying to make jokes of it and everyone around her is like oh my goodness i don't think i could ever go back to the peach pit again and donna's being overly dramatic donna because that's donna it's what she yes, does of course You know, and questioning, Brandon, how can you go back to work there? Yeah, it's crazy. And it's very clear that Brenda kind of just wants it to go away. She does. She does. Kind of denying that there even is a problem. Exactly. Very much so. Like, no, I'm fine. But then Dylan kisses her and she starts having flashbacks because just before Dylan and Brandon went out back, he gave her a kiss and he said, are you going to be here when I get back? Or it's just kind of they're the usual jokey joke yeah. stuff. And she's like, yeah, one of them says something about it unless she runs off with a tall, dark, handsome she's, stranger. She did say that. He, he said, you're going to be here when I get back, right? And she said, unless I find some tall, handsome stranger to go home with or something like that. So it was one of those moments where they were just being their usual silly, goofy self. But that happened to be the time when something terrible happened. And so he kisses her in the hallway and it brings back that flashback. She's getting triggered big time. The term triggered, like this episode is all about it. Yeah. It's constantly poor For Brenda's getting triggered. Poor Brenda. Just constantly triggered. So every sound at school is triggering her. The bell ringing, um, a car honking in the parking lot outside, and just everything is throwing her. Yeah. So Andrea comes into class a little late and sits next to Brenda and starts talking to her about it all. Never make it back to school in time. There was so much traffic. Where were you? The police station. Did Brandon tell you I went to file a report about last night? Oh, yeah. You know, they were all really nice. Although they're not very optimistic about catching the guy. You know, I was meaning to ask you, are we responsible for Chapter 8 on the physics midterm? Yeah, but only up to page 95. Okay. I, uh, I told the inspector I only got a glimpse of the guy as I was getting into Steve's car and that it was kind of dark outside the peach pit. But if your guy was wearing a gray shirt and a baseball cap, it could have been the same one. Well, probably was. Did your guy have brown hair? You know what? I don't remember, and he isn't my guy. I I didn't mean it that way. Look, I know. It's just that I'm trying to forget about this and get on with my life, and it's impossible to do that with everyone yammering at me everywhere I go. Like, it's a bigger deal than it is. I'm sorry. It's not like I'm going crazy. I know that. That was the moment that Andrea started noticing. I love that she's the first one to notice. 
It makes sense. Because she she still does the helpline thing. The rap line. The rap line. I think she mentions it in one of the... I know she mentions it in the episode, but yes. I think one of the other clips later on, she does I mention think so. it too. But so she regularly deals with people in crisis and going through trauma. She recognizes it. She recognizes it immediately. When no one else is recognizing it, everyone is like, oh, you're so strong. We're so proud of you. And you can hear her when Brenda says, it's not like I'm going crazy. And her having to reassure her, I know, I know. that. I know you're not crazy. And just the tone of voice. I'm like, Ooh. her Her tone changed very quickly when Brenda yeah. snapped at her. Let's go ahead and take our break here. Oh, yeah. We'll be right back, guys. All right. We are back from break. We're back. So we see Brandon and Steve trying to get a soda, but the machine is broken. And they're talking about how... They must do this to us on purpose because every year during midterms and finals, the machine breaks down. A little bit dramatic there? Being very dramatic there. Oh, yeah. For sure. But then the gang starts all gathering around the broken machine talking. And then they start talking about how they're all going to go meet up at the peach pit later. And that's when Brenda says she has something to do. She can't. Yeah. And we start visibly noticing Andrea noticing What's going on with Brenda? They pointedly show the camera turn to Andrea and her seeing the fact that Brenda is avoiding going back mm-hmm. to the peach pit. Everyone else just kind of says like, oh yeah, cool. Sounds good. Whatever. She's not handling it as well as she's saying she is. Brent. Hey, Andrea, you need to ride to the pits where I'm going. No, I'm going to go to rap line. That's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Okay, I'm good for about 10 seconds. What's up? Do you think Brenda's doing okay? Yeah, as well as can be expected. Why, you don't think so? Well, on the surface, everything seems okay, but why doesn't she want to talk about it? Well, no offense, Andrea, but maybe she just doesn't want to talk about it with you. Just as long as she talks to somebody. Okay. Andrea is so good for the gang. She is their therapist. Yes. I love that point that she makes, where Bran is like, maybe she just doesn't want to talk about it with you. Kind of almost getting, like, defensive. Because, again, a lot of people have that mindset of she's fine. They want to brush it off because they don't want to admit that something's worse and that they can't handle it. Exactly. And also for him, having Andrea say that, like, is Brenda okay? You know, she just doesn't seem to want to talk about it. For Brandon, that's probably almost, it feels like an insult because it's like, well, if she isn't okay, she would tell me. Yeah, and I'm her twin. I live with her. I right. would notice. I would notice. And so obviously, if I haven't noticed, she's fine. Yep. And But then Andrea just makes it clear, as long as she talks to somebody about it. Because it's yeah. clear she's talking to nobody, and that's not healthy. So then back at the Walsh house, Brenda is reorganizing her closet. It's very clearly that she's... This is what she did when she had something else to do and couldn't go to the pit with everyone else. Yeah. She went home to reorganize her closet. She found something to do. Yes. She she didn't have something else to do. She distracted herself. Yes. But Brandon comes in after he gets off work at the pit to check on her and see how she's doing. Never cease to amaze me, sis. Why? Because I'm cleaning my closet? No, because you're a very strong person. Brandon. No, I'm serious. Everybody's really impressed with how you're handling this whole robbery thing. Well, Andre was a little worried. Why? What did Andrea say? Well, she said that being held up like that is a real shock to your system. Most people aren't able to just let it roll off their back the way you have. <laughs> I just put my mind to it. I mean, I don't want to be a burden to anyone. I certainly don't need anyone's pity. 
right there that's what she's really truly feeling yes she doesn't want to be a burden to anybody and she doesn't want anybody's pity she doesn't say that she is okay nope but coming from somebody who has had just general mental health struggles in the past when people start praising your mask that says i'm fine when people start saying wow you're so fine you're awesome look at you you try to hide the real hurt even mm -hmm. more because it's like well i don't want them to find out the truth that i'm not okay because yeah. they're saying that I'm doing good, so I need to keep showing them that I'm doing good. And so she doesn't want anyone's pity. She doesn't want anyone's help. Nope. She thinks she can just roll this off and deal with it. Just ignore it until just it goes away. It. Yeah. Ignoring is a great way to deal with it, Brenda. Oh, yeah. This is so going to work out well for you. So speaking of how well this is working out for her, <laughs> that night she's asleep and her mind is replaying it again and again, but with changes... Like, to it that scare her even more. Yes. Like, first, you know, Dylan's about to leave after kissing her, and he's sticking to the same script of what actually happened, and she's saying, Dylan, don't go. Don't go, he's going to come. So, like, at one point, she's begging him, the, the guy who robbed her, you know, don't do this, don't do this, and instead of just going along with it like she did, she starts acting differently. Yeah. She's not handling it well. Her mind is going crazy. Her brain is not okay. <laughs> So the next morning, she has completely ripped apart her closet. And, like, Brandon and Cindy are the ones who see it first. And we kind of jump straight to they're bringing in Jim. And they're like, Jim, you don't understand. You, you don't understand. She's off the rocker. And they're trying to show him, like, look, she needs help. And something's wrong with Brenda. So later that morning at school, we see a quiet classroom. They're starting a midterm. Papers are being handed out. The kids are all just sitting at their desk, and it's just really quiet. So Brenda starts getting triggered right away. The teacher has one of those old-fashioned, you like the ding-ding bells they have at like, yeah. front desks and stuff. Yeah. The teacher has one of those teacher bells on his desk to signify the start of midterms. And that's where this clip begins. And go! picture and trying to imagine it can you Hannibal imagine being that kid sitting in a quiet classroom and suddenly your mind starts replaying it that bell dings 
and you're hearing that ding 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 of the door opening. You're replaying and, getting held up at gunpoint. And suddenly it ends with you screaming bloody murder in real life. In your classroom in front of everybody who some of these kids probably don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the Peach Pit seems to kind of be the popular hangout for both schools. But there's a big school. Right. And I'm sure the gossip has gone around at least a little bit because I love Donna and Kelly, but they talk a lot. And Steve. And Steve. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. especially Donna and Steve, I would say. Yeah. So I'm sure they at least told a few people. But and there's still probably people around there that just keep their noses down and don't really care. There's suddenly some girl is screaming in their classroom. Like, I'm just trying to take my test, dude. And that's why Brenda goes running. Yes. And Dylan does not hesitate. He chases after her into the hallway. He didn't even hesitate when they were in the classroom. He, no. like, dives across desks to go and, like, <laughs> kneel in front of her and make sure she's okay. Yeah, he's really worried about her. Understandable. Yeah. She did just scream bloody murder in class. Mm-hmm. And she's so convinced that what she saw in her flashback was real. It can feel so real when your mind is playing tricks on you like that. Oh my gosh. And that's so scary. But right at the end, when he's hugging her and he says, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And she's like, it's "It's not not okay. That was the first time that she has admitted it's not okay. That something's not right. So the Walsh home, it's that evening and Brenda is lying in bed. She won't come down for supper. It just breaks my heart when Jim comes in to see her and she's worried that he's going to be disappointed in her. That's why she doesn't want to show any weakness. That's why she just wants to be okay and get over this. Same as like I was saying earlier, he was praising how well Mm -hmm. she was handling it. She wants to show him that. And so that's the point where this clip begins is she's worried about being a disappointment to him. That's so heartbreaking. But he's just worried about her. And he shows her such love and concern. And just wants to make sure she's okay. Yeah. Your mom told me what happened at school today. Guess you're real disappointed in me, huh? No. Not at all. But we have to deal with this. The last thing I want you to do is to go around pretending that things are okay when they're not. You know, I try not to think about it. I know I shouldn't. But I keep on playing it over and over again in my head, wondering what I could have done differently. I just feel so stupid because I can't let it go. Honey, why didn't you say something earlier? I'm so ashamed for letting it get to me like this. Well, maybe it seems worse than it is because you're fighting it so hard. I thought it would get better. I really did. I thought the memory would fade. But every little sound just brings it back. And it just gets more gruesome each time. You know, the other day, your mother suggested we get you some counseling to help you deal with what happened. And I guess I wanted to believe that with all our love and support that you just pick yourself up and get on with things. That's what I wanted. I mean, that's what I was trying to do. I know. But sometimes even family and friends aren't enough, Brenda. 
Right there. That's such an important lesson. Yep. Not just for Brenda to learn, but for people in general to understand that it's okay to not be okay. Absolutely. And it's okay to need somebody professional more than just your family and friends around you loving you. I mean, don't get me wrong. You still do need your family and friends around you loving you and supporting you. But sometimes supporting you, it doesn't just mean a pat on the back or a pat on the head and good job, kiddo. Sometimes supporting you means I'm going to take you somewhere professional and to someone who's trained to deal with this. And that's what Cindy does. Right after this clip, Cindy tells her that she went ahead and made an appointment for her for tomorrow. They can try it out. And if Brenda doesn't feel like it's going to help, then they won't continue it. Yeah. Brenda feels like there's something wrong with seeing, quote unquote, a shrink. And I did put that in there because that's how Brenda says it. She keeps saying a shrink rather than going to therapy. And then Cindy looks at her and says, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Yeah. Oh, Cindy, girl. Oh, my goodness. Some people in 2022 still need to hear this. There's nothing to be embarrassed about if you are a person who goes to therapy. Nope. There doesn't have to be anything wrong with you to go to therapy. Maybe you just need help sorting out your brain. That's okay. That's what the pros are for. Yep. So we look downstairs and we see Dylan at the Walsh house on the phone with Brandon at the Peach Pit. Brandon is also replaying that night. And he and Dylan kind of talk about it a bit. And I thought this was really good for to show them, too, their perspective. Because even though they weren't inside, they kind of went through something, too. Because they were both there. And mm-hmm. remember at the beginning of the show. When they were outside fooling around with the recycling. Dylan thought he heard a noise inside. But they both kind of brushed up as like, eh, eh it's whatever. probably fine. And they talk about that on the phone right here. They talk about, you know, do you remember that point when I heard a noise inside? What if we had gone in sooner? Don't get what me if... started on it, man. Like... And that's what they're trying to discuss it with each other because they're remembering it. They're replaying it. Mm-hmm. But they're also trying to be like, uh, don't get me started, man. I, I'm going through the same thing. Right. And that's when they realize if we're going through this, imagine how much harder this must be for Brenda. Yeah. And just realizing that, like, it's not just the person who went through the scary thing that deals with it afterwards. But... They're the person who's dealing with it the worst, so they need your support. Absolutely. So the next day we see Brenda at the therapist, and she's sitting in this chair talking with this lady. The lady's doing a really good job of helping her through it, very calmly just talking about it. And I know Brenda earlier had mentioned something about... How is some psychiatrist going to help me get rid of my nightmares? And that's what this lady's trained to do. Mm-hmm. So she asks her to think back to the happiest memory she can think of. And Brenda starts telling the story of when she would go horseback riding as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so she closes her eyes and she's talking about she having this like flashback memory of being a kid on a horse. And suddenly the gunman comes in her mind and is like covering her mouth with a gun to her head while she's on her horse. She has some bad PTSD here. Understandably so, because she's been a very, I mean, as far as kids in general, she's a fairly sheltered kid. Yes. And to then suddenly be thrust into something that scary, to be dealing with that is extremely frightening. But I love that the therapist just, when she comes out of it, she's like, he's there, he's in my safe place. And the therapist is like, okay, we'll we'll work through this together. We're We're going to do this. We're going to work through this. We'll take as long as it takes. Yep. She was very reassuring to Brenda, and that's exactly what Brenda needed at this point. Yeah, because it's not something that's going to be magically fixed overnight. 
Yeah. And she says that it's not something we're going to fix in an hour, but we're going to work through this. And we'll keep working through we'll it. We'll keep working through it and we'll get it figured out together. Then the comic relief of the episode. My One of my favorite parts of the episode, honestly. All of the kids, the gang, are all sitting in the Walsh living room waiting for Brenda to get back from her therapy appointment. Oh my goodness. So but funny. they don't really want to. It's that classic kid thing of like, I care, but I don't want you to like know I care. And so they're all like trying to figure out like, what are we going to say we're doing when she gets back? Maybe we should pull out a game. Maybe we should. It's so fun. Where are they? Whatever happened to 50 minutes, time's up. I don't know, but if they don't get here soon, you guys are going to look pretty conspicuous in here alone because I got to go to work. We got to do something so we don't look so obvious. We could play a game. How about Twister? Twister? <laughs> Hi, Brenda. Yeah, we all just decided to spend Saturday afternoon here in a friendly game of Twister. What? I like Twister. And I'm nervous, and I can't think of anything else. Andrea, can you tear yourself away from that book for just a minute and participate here? Look, why don't we just tell her the truth? That we were worried and wanted to be here to support her when she came back from the therapist. Uh -huh. Oh my god, it's them. Uh, let's do something. A game, a game. Let, let's, let's play a game. I thought we ruled out here. Yeah. Oh. Oh, we got it, got it, got it. Got it. Oh, oh, that was a great idea. Here, I'll do the X. doing here? What does it look like? We're playing Scrabble. Yeah. Uh, double word score, triple letter score. Oh. Good, on oh, so good, 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 good. Um, those are not real words. Well, yeah, we're playing under special rules, see. Every word you make, you lose a point. It's, uh, it's re reverse Scrabble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. kind of fun. You should try it. Reverse Scrabble? Nice try. Brandon told us where you were at, and we were worried, and we wanted to come see how you were. Brandon. Hey, I, everybody was calling all day, you know? I, I let it slip out. I'm sorry. Well, I'm feeling a little bit better. I mean, I didn't want to go at all at first. It's just weird going to shrink. It's not as if I'm crazy. Oh, well, I went to see a shrink once after my parents broke up. My dad made me, but uh, it was no big deal. Yeah, same here. It was during what my mom called my troubled years. It was before I knew you. Yeah, I used to bug my mom to take me to see one. But she said I had to come up with a good problem first. <laughs> How about you, Steve? Yeah, well, okay, once or twice. I love that little camaraderie there. First off, the absolute scramble to get Scrabble <laughs> out of the box and set up to kind of look like they were playing the game. And even Andre, who starts off, like, just casually reading a like, book. We like, we should just tell her what we're actually doing here. As soon as they hear the car horn, she's like, pull out the game, pull out the game! <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so funny. But then having Brenda telling them that, like, it's not like I'm crazy. The same defense that she's kind of been telling herself. And then all the kids saying, like, well, I've been to therapy before. It's not that big a deal. You know, I was going through a thing. My parents were getting separated. You know, that was during my troubled years. And as soon as they all say that, Brenda looks visibly as if a weight has been taking off, taken off of her. For sure. Like, she suddenly realizes, oh, I don't need to feel bad about this. Nope. And that was kind of like the final straw that made her realize, oh, I can just not be okay, and that's okay. 
And then poor Donna, who always begged her mom to go to therapy, but her mom said she had to come up with a problem first. Oh, poor Donna. Get Donna some therapy. <laughs> she needs it with her she mother. She needs some problems first. Her mother is the problem. So then the phone rings, and Cindy's answering it. And while she's on the phone, Brenda's telling everybody how she's ready to put it all behind her, and she just doesn't want to think about it anymore. She's, she wants to move just on. wants to move on. And then Cindy comes over and says, it's the police. They have a suspect... They want you to do a lineup. Oh. Brenda's like, no, I, I don't want to be in. The, I don't want to see him again. I don't want to see him again. Brenda, I know how you feel. But if you at least don't go down there, he, you can't let this guy get away with this, Brent. You know, you're not the ones who went through what I did. It's just not that easy. Now, listen, he's going to be behind a screen. He won't be able to hurt you. Dad, don't you get it? I never want to see him again. So you'd rather give him the chance to go do this to someone else? No. Because that's what's going to happen, Bren. I don't understand you. Dylan, you weren't there. You didn't have a gun pointing at you. You were lying on the ground wondering if your head was going to get blown off. Sweetheart, it's okay. You don't have to go if you don't want to. Mom, I want to go. It's just that I'm scared. Calm down, Bren. Dylan, I don't want to calm down. I mean, can't I even get angry? You and Brandon. I mean, first you guys tell me you'll never leave me alone again. Then you put me on a pedestal or something, telling me how strong I am, how great I am, how brave I am. Well, I'm not. I am scared to death. I'm sorry I'm yelling, but it's just how I feel, okay? Okay. Absolutely okay. Okay. Go. Good for Brenda for actually like expressing her emotions and calling everybody out a little bit. Yeah, politely, but yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that I'm yelling, but it's just how I feel. I feel that sentence deeply. <laughs> like, I don't mean to yell. I just have a strong emotion right now. Right. Then at the police station. <laughs> Brenda is nervously seeing the lineup, and Molly. I apologize for the Hush. dog. She's decided she wants to come sit with us, and it's not cool. So she nervously sees the lineup. First guy comes up to the front and puts the hat on and turns, and second guy, and she just starts kind of looking at them all like, okay, this is weird. I don't know these guys. And then I don't remember which one he was. It's like one of the last ones. Like six or something. Six or seven. Yeah. One of the last ones in the line. Guy comes up, puts on his hat, does the whole turn one way, turn the other. And you see Brenda having all these flashbacks of this guy's face looking at her, wearing a hat very similar to the one they have them at the lineup. And she's her mind is comparing his face to what she remembers. And she's like, that's it. That's him. She gets up and goes closer to the double glass, the uh, double two-way glass. And he can't see her. Nope. And she identifies him. Yep. So then she's out in the waiting area with her parents. Like the lobby. Yeah, where her parents are just coming out there. She asks the inspector, what's the guy's name? And he's like, don't worry about it. He's just some strung-up 17-year-old kid. And that's when she's like, oh my gosh, he's the same age as me. And it kind of hits her that, like, he's just some 17-year-old idiot that I've been terrified of for days. Yep. And I think it, that's when it kind of hits her that, like, oh, I don't need to be scared of him anymore. So then we see her and Dylan 
arriving at the peach pit. I don't know if I can do this. Hey, come on. Can't stay away forever. these kids i think that's a really great way for them to cap off this episode is showing that brenda is healing Mm -hmm. because obviously with the style of this show next week we're probably not going to see brenda still having flashbacks and no you know still actively dealing with her ptsd they may they may refer to it in a future episode but we're not going to see her actively dealing with it i bet right so having her go back to the peach pit and seem more on the way towards okay, I think is mm-hmm. a really great way for them to leave this off to I kind agree. of show that she's on her healing journey now. She yep. did the thing, went through the thing, and now she's healing. I agree. So then the only other thing in this episode is we see that twin bedroom chit-chat time. Mm. It's a short one, but it's just... I love these moments. We've said this countless times. It's just, to me, it's so real and it's so just... It really That's is. That's what a family does. It really is the heart of the show. Yep. Brand you sleep? No, not yet. It was good to see you back at the peach pit tonight. I know it took a lot of courage. Brent Hoopley is. I've had quite enough praise for a while. <sighs> All right, you're a huge loser. How's that? <laughs> Much better. So how you doing? Tired. It's been a long time since I had a good night's sleep, but I think I'm finally going to get one tonight. Sweet dreams. Brandon? Could you hand me, Mr. Pony? Oh, that was just so sweet. Brandon, can you get Mr. Pony for me? And then he says goodnight to the little horse, and she so she makes cute. his little hoof wave at Brandon. Goodnight, Brandon. Goodnight, Brandon. So oh, cute. Oh, so cute. Alrighty, Hannibal. Thoughts, ratings, reviews? How I many peaches? Lo- I love this one. I gave it nine peaches because okay. I don't like the fact that they decided to have an episode where Brenda got held up at gunpoint. Okay. But... It's, they show PTSD 
and talk about PTSD in such a tender way that shows don't often show mm -hmm. and having PTSD that isn't just from war or war fighting. or rape or right something that yeah those kind of things are people a lot. I don't want to say expect but like it's not the thing that you normally see in daily life of people who say that they have PTSD yeah you know I agree. and I think they did a really good job of showing that it's it can be really debilitating for people. It can, for sure. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of showing that. So, nine peaches for me. What about you, Mom? I went with 9.5 peaches. Nice. Still not quite a 10. Not quite. But I really, really, really liked this episode. I agree. I liked how they showed the reality of PTSD. Mm -hmm. I liked how they showed that kind of old school mindset in Jim and showed him changing I think that's huge. I think that's something that, again, here in 2022, we still have a lot of people these days mm -hmm. that need to have that same change of mind. There's such a stigma on mental health. Mental health. I have issues. I have problems. I need medication. I need to go to a therapist. People who don't have those issues, but maybe they do and they don't admit it, they are so against it that sometimes it takes something big happening very close to home mm -hmm. for them to open their eyes and go, oh, that's not such a bad thing. Sadly, sometimes it has to hit close to home before you realize it. Yep. So, yep, 9.5 peaches for me. Nice. Are you ready for a teaser for next week's episode? I'm ready for a teaser for next week. All right. So next time we'll be discussing season two, episode 26, things to do on a rainy day. Hi, is Donna here? Oh, yes. Come right in. Oh, I've been expecting her for several hours. She hasn't checked in. Oh, there you are. You know how I worry about you. Excuse me. Donna, let's go home. Does Dad know? We'll discuss this when we get home. Fine. I'll ask him myself. No, you won't. Look, Donna, things happen in a marriage th that are hard to understand. You want me to understand? I understand you. I understand what a hypocrite you are. Donna. Like when the whole condom issue came up, weren't you the one who went on and on about abstinence? God, you wouldn't even let me go to a concert tonight because cause it was, what what'd you say, too seedy? Donna, do not raise your voice at me. Why? God forbid someone might think that I'm angry. You care more about appearances, Mom, than how anyone feels. Well, I'm angry, and I am not going to hide it for appearances' sake. All right, Donna, I am not going to speak to you until you calm down. Fine, then don't. Just go. And I hope you and your boyfriend have a wonderful life. Felice. Ooh, Donna! I am so excited for this episode. Donna's my girl, so I have been ready for a Donna-centric episode for a while. And weren't we just discussing how, again, those little breadcrumbs they sprinkle in. Little breadcrumbs. About Donna wishing she could go to therapy because she doesn't, but her mom says she doesn't have any problems. Her mom has issues. Her mom apparently presented a problem. Ooh. We will discuss that next time right here on Back to the Peach Pit. Thanks to Pixabay.com for their royalty-free music where we found our theme song by the Caffeine Creek Band. So if you're wondering where to find us online, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and now TikTok as well at Back to the Peach Pit. 
On all of those, we do post different kinds of things, and you can experience these crazy podcasting gals in different ways. You can drop us a message at any of those, or send us an email at backtothepeachpit at gmail.com. <laughs>